Amen. Isn't that good? I like that. Amen. Never too young to praise God. You're never too old to praise God. The psalmist said, I lift mine eyes in the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord. I love that verse, don't you? Amen. So many times when you're in the valley, all you got to do is look up. Amen. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finish of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. I praise him for that tonight. Amen. I just want to be sensitive to the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I'm going to preach a few minutes tonight from the book of Psalms, chapter number 17, Psalms chapter 17, and um, what a good service, amen, to be in already, and uh, we was down in uh, down in a little town in Georgia, outside of Atlanta, Monday and Tuesday night, and uh, good people, good people, and uh, but I'm thankful to be here tonight, amen. If you're able to stand, Psalms chapter 17, Psalms chapter 17, We'll begin reading in verse number 1. The Bible says, Hear the right, O Lord, attend unto my cry. Give ear unto my prayer that goeth not out of, the, out of feigned lips. Verse number 2 says, Let my sentence come forth from thy presence. Let thine eyes behold the things that are equal. Thou hast proved mine heart. Thou hast visited me in the night. Thou hast tried me and shalt find nothing. I am purposed that my mouth shall not transgress. Concerning the words of men, by the words of thy lips, I have kept me from the paths of the destroyer. Hold my goings in thy path, that my footsteps slip not. I have called upon thee, for thou wilt hear me, O God. Incline thine ear unto me, and hear my speech. Show me thy marvelous loving kindness, O thou that savest by thy right hand them which put their trust in thee from those that rise up against them. Verse 8, keep me as the apple of thine eye, hide me under the shadow of thy wings from the wicked that oppress me, from my deadly enemies who compass me about. They are enclosed in their own fat, with their mouth they speak proudly. They have now compassed us in our steps, they have set their eyes bowing down to the earth. Like as a lion that is greedy of his prey, and as it were a young lion lurking in secret places. Arise, O Lord, disappoint him, cast him down, deliver my soul from the wicked which is thy sword, from men which are thy hand, O Lord, from men of the world which have their portion in this life, and whose belly thou fillest with thy hid treasure. They are full, they are full of children, and leave the rest of their substance to their babes. As for me, I will behold thy face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied when I wake with thy likeness. Father, I want to thank you tonight for the good singing. Thank you for the touch of God in this service and the good testimonies. I pray now that you'll give us liberty for the next few moments. Help us not to say anything that would grieve the Holy Spirit in any way. But I pray that you would be glorified. I pray that your son would be magnified and the church would be edified. And God, may we see no man save Jesus only. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated tonight. I want to preach tonight from Psalms chapter 17 on this thought here concerning the prayer of David. The prayer of David. Now I know that when you think about the Psalms tonight, as we go through the Psalms, all of the Psalms have prayers all throughout them. But then David's life, there are five Psalms, and this being the first of those five that we read about, that are considered to be the prayers of David. David, when he wrote a Psalm, it was very simple and very easy for David to quote a prayer within that Psalm. But these 
these psalms in particular are a prayer on David's heart in times of adversity, in times of discouragement, in times of disappointment. When it looked like the enemy was about to have his way, David went to his knees to God in prayer and seen God bring deliverance. And I want to just stop and say this tonight. What worked then will still work right now. Amen. I'm glad the same God that heard David's prayer is the same God that I pray to and he's the same God that you pray to. And the same God that answered his prayer, he said this, uh, he said, call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not of. The Bible is full of promise after promise where God tells us that if we'll pray, his ears are open unto our prayers. But you know, many times the devil comes uh, and he wants us to believe that God does not want to hear us. But I'm reminded of what David said in Psalm 65 in verse number two, when he said, oh, thou that hearest prayer unto thee shall all flesh come. I'm glad I serve a God tonight who hears and answers prayer. Amen. And David in Psalms chapter 17, he's praying in verse number one, hear me. As he says, hear the right, O Lord. We find in verses three down to verse number five, he's praying, vindicate me. As he pours his heart out to God and he says to God, he says, God, he said, I want you to keep me and I want you to vindicate me. And then he says in verse number seven, he prays, Lord, show me. And I want to say tonight, I'm glad we serve a God that'll not only hear us, but he'll show us some things. Amen. And the Bible says in verse seven, he said, show me thy marvelous loving kindness. Amen. And so he prays for God to show him. He asked God to guard him in verses eight through 13. And then he asked him to rescue him in verse number 14. And then he closes this prayer by praying and asking God in verse number 18 to satisfy him. And can I say tonight or verse number 15, I'm glad that God, there's been a lot of times in my life when God rescued me. Amen. And there's been a lot of times in your life you could testify that God has rescued you. Now I'm not just talking about from the pit of hell. I'm telling you there's a lot of times the enemy would have took every one of us out. He would have pulled every one of us down. But I'm glad there was an unseen hand that was standing between us and hell. Somebody prayed for me and somebody prayed for you and rescue and deliverance came just in the nick of time. Amen. I'm glad we serve a God tonight that delivers and he's a God that rescues us when we pray. And so David was praying these prayers and David was the man after God's own heart particularly because of this because he prays. But I want to look a little closer for a few moments tonight at not only what David is praying but how David is praying. How is David praying in this psalm? I think that's very important, not just in the context of this scripture, but I think it's very important in our own personal life that we not only learn what to pray, but we need to learn how to pray tonight. Amen. You see, a lot of times we pray and our prayers don't get above the ceiling. Isn't that right? Sometimes we pray in defeat. Have you ever prayed and got up and the Holy Ghost said, you need to do that again? Amen. Have you ever prayed and God said, stop right there and start all over? I, there's been times in my life when God has interrupted my prayer life to say only this, uh, that you're not praying in victory, but you're praying in defeat. And friend, every prayer from our lips ought to be a prayer of victory in faith, knowing that God is more willing to hear us than what we are to ask him for prayers tonight. And I see David in this psalm, he says in verses one through six, he pours his heart out to God and here's the first thing that we see here. He says, Lord, hear me. Do you believe tonight that God would hear you? 
David says in verse 1, Hear the right, O Lord. Attend unto my cry. Give ear unto my prayer that goeth out of the feigned lips. You see, David's heart was right with God. That's why he could say, Hear the right, O Lord. That word right simply means righteous. And David knew that he had a clean heart. You know, you can't have a clean heart tonight. If you'll confess your sins, the Bible says that he's faithful and just to forgive you or forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And that should be the first prayer on our lips tonight. Because if our heart is clean and the line is clear, then we can have confidence in that prayer. The Bible said in 1 John 5 and verse number 14, and this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. Well, I'm glad tonight I can claim that verse of Scripture and say that when my heart's clean and the line is clear, I can have confidence to know that God has a listening ear to what we're saying to him and so he says Lord would you hear me and he asked the Lord in verse number 2 to examine him he said let my sentence come forth from thy presence let thine eyes behold the things that are equal he asked God to sentence him he said Lord I want you to examine my life and sometimes that's a prayer that we're afraid to pray isn't it we don't want God to examine us and I'm talking about myself this flesh tonight Do you know the truth of the matter is? He's going to anyway. Isn't that right? And I'd rather God examine me and sentence me here as verses over there. Isn't that right? I would rather, my friend, just say, search me, O God, as David prayed. Try my reins and find if there be any wickedness in me now. I would rather know it now so that I can confess it because that's what brings victory in our life. And David prays, Lord, would you examine me? And then he prays that the Lord would exonerate him. As he says in verse number three, he said, Thou hast proved my heart. Thou hast visited me in the night. Thou hast tried me. Thou shalt find nothing. Amen. He said, I am purposed that my mouth shall not transgress. Now, what about David praying like this? He said, Lord, you can look at me. He said, you've already proved me, but you can take a closer look. He said, and I'm confident that you're going to find nothing. You know why David could say that? Because he said, I have purposed that my mouth shall not transgress. You see, tonight, if you live for God, there's only one way to live for God. you know how that is? It's on purpose. Amen. You can't serve God on accident. You can't live, you don't read your Bible accidentally. You don't go to church accidentally. You don't pray. You don't pass out. We don't pass out tracts accidentally. There's got to be a purpose in our heart. There has to be a determination in our heart. What did the Bible say about uh, Daniel? The Word of God said that he purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat. That means that Daniel was a man of conviction and he was a man of commitment. You see, if you're going to serve God, you've got to have some convictions. Amen? If you're going to serve God, you have to have some commitment. That means when others turn and when others walk away, your convictions and your commitment is what holds you in in the right path. You say, well, I thought it was the Lord. Well, God will help us, but God will not do for us what we can do for ourselves. Isn't that right? And that's what David is saying to the Lord here. He's saying, Lord, you can prove me. God, you can put me under the microscope because I've laid before you. I've cleaned my heart out. I've got everything clean. He said, I'm certain, Lord, you'll find nothing. You know, tonight, what would God find? If you was to pray this prayer, if I was to pray this prayer tonight, what is it in our life from the pulpit to the pew tonight 
that needs to be removed in order for us to have victory in prayer. I believe a lot of times people do not pray, not just because of unbelief, but I think sometimes because of unconfessed sins. It keeps us from praying, don't it? The easiest thing to do is, is to just go ahead and confess everything. Isn't that right? I remember one time when I was a kid, I, I, my, my, my dad brought me in and I knew I was in trouble and I thought I was going to get, you know, whipped to, uh, for something and I was. And he brought me in and he said, well, he said, I, he said, you know, I know what you did. And you know what I did? I made the awful mistake of telling him before he told me. Amen. Because when I confessed, he said, well, that ain't what I was going to whip you for. But he said, now that I know that, you're really getting a whipping. Amen. So I learned a lesson there. Don't tell until they talk. For, and I'm just kidding. I'll tell you the lesson I learned. Is the same judgment fell when I confessed all. As when I held back. And do you realize tonight that if we just come clean with God, we can have victory? It's a whole lot easier to crawl up in his, in his arms and say, Oh, Lord, I've been a dirty, rotten scoundrel today, and I've failed, and I've messed up, and I've missed the mark, and God, I'm just going to go ahead. You already know everything, but I'm just going to go ahead and side with you against myself and tell you how sorry I have been and that I'm sorry that I've been sorry. You know what you'll find then? You'll find mercy, and you'll find forgiveness, and you can find cleansing, and you can find compassion. It's a whole lot better than when he comes looking for you. Amen? And that's what David is saying. Lord, would you hear me? I've confessed everything I can think of. I just want to keep the way clear and let nothing between. Amen. And so he says, Lord, would you, he asked for God to exonerate him. And then he asked for God in, in verse number four to exercise him. As he said, concerning the words of men, by the words of thy lip, he said, I have kept me from the path of the destroyer. He said, hold up my goings in, in thy path that my foot slip not. Amen. That my footsteps slip not. You know what he's praying for God to do? To keep him in these verses. Do you know tonight I need him to keep me? You need him to keep you tonight. Am I telling you the truth? Brother, I like what the songwriter said when he said, I can't even walk without him holding my hand. I'm telling you, we couldn't have got out of the bed this morning. There's no telling what we would have, would have faced in this day, the snares and the pitfalls and the, the trials and the problems, but somewhere uh, God has been at work on our behalf. I, I'm glad I've got somebody, the Bible says, that ever liveth to make intercession for me and for you. Uh, brother, I don't always know whose prayers I am running on, but I know there's one person's prayer I'm running on tonight, and it's the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Because he's constantly praying for me and he's constantly praying for you. The Bible says that he hears us when we pray. David said in verse number six, I've called upon thee for thou wilt hear me, O God. Incline thine ear unto me and hear my speech. You know, there's comfort tonight in this. In knowing that I can bow my head and say, God, I come to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In that name that is above every name, and I ask you to hear my prayer. There's, com there's comfort in knowing that God is listening when we're praying. He's listening tonight. Whether it be collectively or individually, it does not matter. It should provoke every one of us to a secret place of prayer to know that God is ever waiting to listen. And David says, Lord, hear me. But then he takes it to another step. And he says, Lord, would you hide me? Amen. He said in verse number seven, show thy marvelous loving kindness. O thou that savest by thy right hand them which put their trust in thee from those that rise up against me. David has enemies in this text here. 
He's got more enemies than he can count. He doesn't know where they're all at. He doesn't know what they're plotting or what they're planning. But he does know this tonight. He knows that he's got someone that he can hide himself in that can protect him. You remember in the life of David how that Saul sought so many times to take David's life and every single attempt he failed. And you know why? Because listen, he could, David couldn't lose the battle because God was on his side. It didn't matter if it was Goliath. It didn't matter if it was the Philistine army. It didn't matter if it was Saul himself. God intervened in every situation. Do you know the same thing's true about us and Satan tonight? I'm glad that God intervenes on our behalf. I'm glad that God knows how to hide us from the devil. I'm glad that God knows how to keep us away from the pitfalls of this life. Thank God I've got a God that not only hears tonight and he'll not only hear me and hear you, but he'll hide us under the shadow of his wings. Amen. Been a lot of times I've found comfort in that place. Brother, there's been times uh, when we didn't know where we would go or what we would do, but we found a hiding place in him. He hid Moses in the cleft of a rock. He hid Moses when he was just a little baby in that bulrush uh, in the Nile River. I think about uh, uh, other places in the scriptures where men were hidden and were taken care of. He hid Elijah uh, when he took him out and put him by the, uh, by the brook there, Cherith. Uh, he hid, hid him from Ahab. Uh, and then he hid him down there at the widow's house. Uh, God is a God that knows how to hide us from the enemy. The enemy can't get to me and he can't get to you that what God doesn't allow and you'll have to go through the Lord to get to where we're at. Well, I'm glad there's comfort and there's security when he hides us tonight. Amen. David knew about the mercy of God. He knew that God was merciful. He said in verse number eight, keep me as the apple of thy eye. Hide me under the shadow of thy wings. He said, from the wicked that oppressed me and from the deadly enemies who can pass me about. David knew that God was mighty and that God could take care of him and that God was merciful. You know, tonight God is just as mighty now as he was back then. David is, or Paul is praying for the church of Ephesus in Ephesians chapter 3. And as he closes that prayer out in verse number 20, he said, now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. I'm glad God is able tonight not just to do what we ask, but exceedingly abundantly above all that we would ask or think. You see, tonight, whatever your list is, God can do that much more. And isn't it amazing how we'll pray God will work and he'll answer a prayer. I remember one time I made a list out for this church and, and I prayed. And I, and I, when I was, as I was praying over that list, the Holy Spirit just spoke to my heart and said, why don't you put a timeline down that you would like to see me do these things. And I remember by each one of those prayer requests, I put a time frame in which I would like to see the Lord do that. Do you know that in every one of those situations, he didn't just answer them, but he did them sooner than what I asked him to. And he did them bigger and greater than what I ever thought he would just to prove he didn't do that because I'm a great prayer he did that my friend just to prove to me that he's God and he can do far more than I could ever ask or think amen I'm, there's some things I'm asking him for right now tonight that I'm trusting him to do and I don't know when he's going to do it and I don't know how he's going to do it but I believe he will do it amen because God works on our behalf tonight amen and he prays Lord would you hear me and he says, God, would you hide me? Not only just hide him, but he wanted him to hide him from the wicked. Notice what he said in verse number uh, 10. He said, they are enclosed in their own fat. With their mouth they speak proudly. You know, wicked people talk big, don't they? They got big mouths sometimes, don't they? 
He said the wicked speak proudly. But look what he said in verse 11. They have now compassed us in our step. He feels surrounded. David knows they're closing in on him. They've set their eyes bowing down to the earth like as a lion that is greedy of his prey, as if it were a young lion lurking in secret places. They've, They've closed in on him. Saul and those men have closed in on David and he knows that and he can feel that the tension is getting higher. But look what he said in verse number 13. Arise, O Lord, disappoint him. God just has a way of disappointing the wicked. Amen. Ain't just so many times the devil thought he was about to win and God stepped in and disappointed him and his crowd. Amen. It looked like in Genesis chapter number three that the devil had taken God by surprise. But I want to tell you something. God stepped in and my friend before the devil ever come on the scene before Eve ever bit into that piece of fruit there was a lamb that had already been slain from the foundation of the world and God came walking through the garden in the cool of the day and looking for Adam but he knew already what had taken place and thank God he had made provision it was already laid up in store in heaven amen it looked like the devil had Moses and all the children of Israel but God parted the Red Seas I'm telling you listen the enemy is no match for God tonight. Amen. A lot of times we live in fear because we fear the enemy and we should, but we fail to focus on the God that delivers. He said in verse number 13, deliver my soul from the wicked. Watch this. Last part of verse number 13, which is thy sword. Now if you want to know who the wicked really is tonight, I'm going to tell you who they are. They're just a tool in God's hand. God will use the wicked. Now, God does not like wickedness. And God wants to save the wicked. But the wicked are never in charge tonight, friend. The wicked may think they're running this this world. They think, think they're running a lot of things today. But God said the wicked are just his sword. God uses the wicked to punish the wicked. And God uses the wicked as a sword to even punish his own children. I think about in the life of Samson, whenever Samson uh, sinned and, and, and went against God so many times and God mercifully uh, gave him that opportunity to get right, but yet he kept living life and, and using the strength that God had blessed him with. He used it for his own self-gratification. But what did God do? God took the wicked, he took the Philistines and used them as a sword against Samson. And in Samson's death, though he slew more in his death than he did in his life but yet it was the Philistines that brought Samson down but the Philistines was a sword in God's hand many many times the Lord will use them to bring chastisement in our life and can I tell you something tonight I don't want God to chasten me amen I don't want God to use this world tonight to bring chastisement worldliness is something that every one of us tonight need to be fully aware of I don't care how long you've been serving God. Every one of us tonight are capable of becoming worldly. And you can have, listen, you know I'm for living right and dressing right and doing right and all them other things, but I'm going to tell you something. You can have a dress that drags the ground. You can wear a suit every day of your life and tote a a King James Bible the size of a coffee table and still be worldly. Because worldliness doesn't start on the outwardness. It starts in here. I've watched more people become worldly in church than I ever saw come out of church. 
I've watched more people get worldly sitting on a church pew, looking over the fence, wishing they could they could, and wishing they could go there. It was already sold in their heart. Though they were here, they was already gone in their heart. The devil had done got a hold of them. You say, well, what are you saying, Brother Gravely? I'm saying what that speaks to me is this, is that I need to be very careful in my own life that I don't let worldliness get a hold of me because it's a sword that God will use in the end to bring us home. You know, preachers can become very worldly. You don't have to waller in sin to be worldly tonight. You can just become so in love with the thing. You know, I think God give us life to enjoy. Isn't that right? I ain't nothing wrong with enjoying life. But there has to be boundaries. And if we don't have boundaries, we go too far, don't we? And if we go too far, guess what happens many times? The very thing that we love is oftentimes the very thing that is used to bring chastisement into our life. And so he says, the wicked are thy sword. And he talks to me, he says, Lord, would you hear me? Lord, would you hide me? But then I want to close with this tonight. He says, Lord, would you help me? That's what he's asking God for in these verses. He said in verse number 14, from men which are thy hand, O Lord, from men of the world, which have their portion in this life, and whose belly thou fillest with thy hid treasures, they are full of children and leave the rest of their substance to their babes. David is saying, God, would you help me? Lord, I've asked you to hear me. I've asked you to hide me under your wings, but now I'm asking you to help me from these men. I'm asking you to take care of me. Hey, I remember in one of these earlier Psalms where David just cries out, help, Lord. And sometimes that's all you've got time to pray is, Lord, help, Lord. That's what, that's what uh, uh, Peter prayed when he was sinking in the water. Lord, save me. Uh, sometimes you don't have time for a pretty prayer or a long prayer. But I'll tell you, a short prayer work as good as a long prayer if it's a sincere prayer. Isn't that right? There's times I've said, oh, God, please help me. And he'd just come to my rescue. Have you ever prayed like that? Just poured your heart out and said, oh God, just help me, Lord. Help me, God. I'm glad, my friend, he's the one that's called along the side to help us. He's got an ever-ready ear tonight. And if he was to hear the cry of one of his children, he would come running, my friend, on the wings of a dove in an instant to help every one of us. God loves to help us. In fact, he loves to help us so much, he wants us to ask him every day, Lord, help me. You know where we get in trouble? I know this is true in my life. I'll tell you where we get in trouble the most is when we try to do things ourselves. When we try to handle, have you ever tried to handle something? You just thought you had it under control and you kept on, you kept on, and it just kept, I mean, it just kept unraveling. And finally, the Lord said, why don't you ask me to help you with that? You know, sometimes it's the smallest thing, isn't it? Sometimes it's, it's, it's just a little bitty thing that, that you think, well, I'm not going to ask. I'm not going to trouble God. I'm not going to trouble the master with that. But God says, why not? Why don't you let me help you? I'm telling you, God knows how to help us in ways that we, we don't. I remember one time I had a financial need, and I said, Lord, I said, I, I, I said I, I'll need help. And I went to church that night, and I didn't have a whole lot of money, but... Um, I had a little bit of cash in my pocket. I'll tell you what it was. It was $200. And I had it in my pocket, and I needed it. I was already praying, God, I need, I need financial help on something, on a need that was in my life. And I went to church that night, and the Lord said, won't you give that $200? I said, God, did you not hear the prayer I prayed? I know you don't need reminding, but I, I need more than $200. God said, if you'll put that $200 in, I'll help you. And, you know, there's a part of me that believed that. 
And there's another part of me that said, I, I hope he does. Y'all know what I'm saying? Some of y'all look real spiritual right now. <laughs> We're going to pass the offering plate here in a few moments, so I'm not real nervous about that. But i tell you what, I put that $200 in offering plate, and I'm going to tell you something. That God is my witness. God sent me that back and sent me back everything I needed. Within just a couple of days, God sent it in, and he sent it in an unlikely source in a way that I never would have seen it coming. You know why he did that? Because he wanted me to know that wasn't chance and that wasn't circumstance. He sent it in an avenue that I'd have never seen it coming. I'll tell you what it was, Brother Bobby. I went to the mailbox and I opened the I opened the mailbox. And would you believe this? The doctor's office sent me a check back where it overpaid something. I mean, really overpaid it and sent it back. And I couldn't believe that. And I'll tell you something. God said, hey, you know who that was? You didn't overpay that. That was the Lord. Hey, man, he took care of us. I'm glad he knows how to help us. He knows how to put steak on your table if he wants to. He knows how to keep clothes on your back and shoes on your feet. Hey, God knows how to keep the car running. He knows how to keep the kids healthy. He knows how to keep the danger out of your path and out of your way. He knows how to drop them handfuls of purpose, them plotted efforts of grace along life's way. I'm glad I serve a God that knows how to help me in any situation, whether it be financial, whether it be spiritual, whether it be, uh, listen, uh, physical health. Uh, If God's big enough to help us out of hell, He's big enough to help us out of any situation that we'd ever face in this walk of life tonight. I'll tell you what kind of business God's in tonight. He's in the helping business. Amen. I'm going to tell you what God, God is in the helping business. And if you're, if you're in need of help tonight, I want to tell you God, nothing more would He love to do in our life than to reach down and help you. I've needed His help so many times. But I'll tell you something about Him. I've never had to be embarrassed about asking for help. You know, when I got married, my daddy told me this. He said, one of the things he told me when I got married was this. He said, if you're going to get married, he said, you got to make it on your own. I appreciate that, don't you? He said, now, if you want to stay here, you can stay here. But he said, when you get married and you walk out that door, you're not moving back in. He wasn't being mean. I appreciate that. He said, and if you make a bill, he said, you got to pay for it. I appreciate that too. He said, don't you go bumming and asking people for money. He said, you, he didn't even know God, but he said that. Do you know something tonight? I, there's been a couple times, there was a couple times when I first got married, he knew I needed help. But Bobby, I wasn't going to ask him. But I'll tell you what, he pulled up and came by. Pulled up to the house one time and he knew I needed help and he'd come by and he, Brother Lady, he gave me some money and I said, Daddy, I said, I don't need that. He said, Oh, I know you need it. I said, Well, I, I said, Well, I'm going to pay you back. He said, No. He said, That's not a loan. He said, I'm giving you that. Amen. So he didn't want me to start taking loans and there's some wisdom in that too. Amen. I just tell every young person here, Mom and Dad's not a bank. They're not a loan company. Somebody say, That's just good preaching on Wednesday night, isn't it? So what, if you, what, what do we do if we, you need to pray and ask God for it, and then you need to go work for it? Somebody say amen. But he gave, me, he gave me some help. He said, no, that's not a loan. That's a gift. And when he pulled out, i tell you what, what the Lord spoke to me about. God said, just like your daddy wants to help you, he said, I want to help you. You know, God's not in the loaning business tonight neither. When you need help and you come to an altar, 
God don't ask you to take out a loan. The Lord's never said to you, I'll help you, but now listen, if I help you, here's what I want. He don't talk like that. You know what? If you need help tonight, He's here with outstretched arms. He said, I'll help you. I'll hear you tonight. And I'll even hide you if you'll come. While we stand tonight, our heads are about eyes are closed. I don't know your need. I don't have to know. You don't have to tell me. Wouldn't do you no good if you did. But you could tell the Lord about it tonight. While Brother Danny sings, why don't you come to this altar, member, visitor, doesn't matter tonight. But if you have a need, why don't you come? He'll hear you on this altar. And he'll help you right here tonight.